0: I have this, uh, I wouldn't say it's a fear, but it's it's something I kind of worry about half seriously, is that everyone but me can read minds, and that (laughs) sometimes when I'm out in public, people know what I'm thinking, and every now and then I'll get shot a look after thinking something really sucked, and it just like kind of... I know oh, that that's not real. I know people can't read minds, but it's always just in the back of my head. I wonder if it's, uh, I don't know, there's something to that,
1: because I've always had that feeling as well. Like, oh. when I am sitting next to somebody on the train or a bus or something, I'm like, oh, they can hear what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I better not
0: think anything weird in front of them. What yeah. What the
1: fuck is wrong with you guys? Brad's the
0: normie here. <laughs> or he can read minds and is uh, trying to cover it up. Maybe, maybe.
1: Hello uh, and welcome to your favorite podcast, Brad is a Bad Person. My name is Morgan. I am the host and lead operative of this podcast. I'm joined as always by Lachlan. What up? Who is the brains of this operation, and by Brad. Hello. La Cucaracha, the all important scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to my
2: new nickname catching on. Everyone can now refer to me as La Cucaracha.
1: It, just to be clear, Brad has asked us to call him La Cucaracha. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't us making fun of him. He was like, I think it would be a cool nickname if you called me Cockroach. Why <laughs> can't
0: you call me La Cucaracha, he said.
2: What animal slash insect is is more adept at surviving than <laughs> La Cucaracha? All right? Uh, it's the it's the perfect killing machine in numbers. That's right. No one wants You're you around,
0: but we still can't fucking get rid of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh, today, we're going to talk about spy agencies, secret police, covert missions, clandestine operations, real cloak and dagger shit. Mm. How are we today, guys? Could you KGB any more excited for this topic?
0: <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny.
1: <laughs> God damn it.
2: <laughs> Those were both terrible, but I love them. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling good. I think this is going to be a fun one. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to talk so. about my uh, little bit. I, I found it and I laughed when I read about it. So, I'm like, I think the boys will enjoy this.
0: This is some time. of my favorite shit to think about and talk about is all the crazy dark shit that uh, the spy agencies of the world are doing behind our backs and under our noses and stuff that we don't know about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and this this is a topic, an episode idea that Lachlan came up with, and he was like, it's really important that we do this topic, and um, I'm excited to see what he has to mm, say, because apparently well, it's going to be very interesting.
0: I hope it's not overhyped, but it's... Uh, <laughs> we'll see. It, it's, it's a story that <laughs> needs to be told. Mm. Of
1: course. It sounds fun. Alright, before we get started today, I want to remind everyone to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and if you leave us a nice review on iTunes, we'll give you a shout out during the show to say thank you. If you want to get in contact with us and suggest an episode idea or just say hi, please do. We always love interacting with our fans. You can do that on any of our social media or through our website, bradisabadperson.com. If you really, really like us, you can send us some cash through PayPal.me slash a Bad Person to help with running costs. But otherwise, the best thing you can do to support the show is to tell a friend to listen. Big shout out to all the CIA and FBI agents who are monitoring us by listening to our episodes. Mm, we
2: appreciate Even though it.
1: you are a bad person, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> tell your DEA friends, but not your ATF friends. <laughs> David Koresh, say his name. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to get this party started by cracking open a cold one with the boys?
0: It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. My darling wife was at a bottle shop earlier in the week that uh, we don't normally get to. So, they had some stuff that I don't normally see. So, I said to Weird her, shit. get me something... Uh, for this episode, while you're there, and she, knowing full well what kind of beer I do and do not like, <laughs> got me a Nomad Brewing Company Jetlag Finger Lime IPA. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, it is made with actual finger limes, so it's yeah. not just flavouring. Uh and it says in the little description it says expect a great balance between malts, hops, and fruit. Um which Ugh. if it's a great balance it'll just be all malt. <laughs> um but uh six percent, one point five six standard drinks, which is uh on the heavier end for a beer. One point
1: uh, five six. I've never yeah, seen I a know. two decimal I places. That with
0: was a weird as well. Point. But then I thought if they yeah. rounded up to 1.6 and someone found out, maybe they could be upset. And of course, you can't round down to 1.5 because one, that would be mathematically incorrect. And two, I'm sure there's some kind of legal issue there with saying there's less mm. alcohol this in might it be, than there really
1: This might be my robot side speaking, but I always <laughs> feel that when a beer is like 1.2 standard drinks, it's like 1.15 um, Standard mm, drinks and maybe. they rounded it up so they've got the alcohol percentage perfect so that they can say it's 1.2 but then pay the least amount of tax because of the alcohol oh, percentage. Oh, so
2: yeah, I feel like
1: they're trying to cheat the system. Like, no 1.2 standard drink beer is actually 1.249 no, standard yeah. drinks, it's all 1.15. I reckon, mm. anyway. Eh. <laughs> go ahead, look, it's gonna
0: go. <laughs> oh, it smells limey. British beer. It actually is a British <laughs> beer. Oh, that is terrible. Divorce. It can really taste the limes. Oh, and it's man. not like where you put a slice of lime in a fucking corona either. It's
1: it's infused. I don't it's even know what a finger lime is. I think it's just
0: a fancy lime, isn't it? I've all I, I I don't know if this is true, but I've always just pictured them as like a long skinny lime. Like a finger. I don't know.
1: <laughs> But they, they use them in MasterChef all the time, and they, they inst- like, they're they like like little citrus balls. They're like little mm. tiny balls. Like when you okay. cut open a finger lime, it's like these little tiny spheres.
0: Weird.
1: But I don't think it tastes like a lime.
2: I think uh, uh, limes like in lime. general, I just try hard lemons. So, Oh, Brad. What
0: are you talking about, Brad? <laughs> limes are great. Don't talk shit about limes. I'm just saying, they try hard lemons. Ah, when life gives
1: you... Limes,
0: bro. <laughs> You've lime Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I, I, for the longest time as a child, I thought limes were just unripe lemons, because, you know, they start off
0: Oh, root. okay. So, you're just holding a no, grudge no, for you being a fucking retard.
1: Like <laughs> a <laughs> <laughs> All right, so All right. So, I'm going to speak first today, but again, before we get started, we actually have some podcast news a little bit of housekeeping
0: a little bit of admin
1: yes and unfortunately we're going to be taking a bit of a break for a while uh the three of us have been talking and we've decided that um we can't keep up with this hectic schedule at the moment Mm. um basically all of our free time is being used on this podcast which we really enjoy doing and really like doing but um with full-time jobs and families it's hard to keep up with this schedule it's, so it's, the three of us it's a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah morgan just got a new cat and it just has just
0: requires so much attention <laughs> that, that was the straw that broke the camel's oh back no, the cat it
1: was. It keeps was puking weird. everywhere logan's got two kids <laughs>
0: <laughs> they keep puking everywhere yeah
1: so um we you know we're excited to get back uh and record again when we feel like we have more time on our hands um but we might try to come back in a different form, something that w- would might maybe take a little less preparation, a little less post-episode editing and things like that, because Lachlan's really doing the bulk of the editing here, yeah. and it's, uh when I say bulk, I mean he's doing 98% <laughs> of it. <probably>. <laughs> <laughs> I've done one or two episodes. Oh, but you guys help out
0: to- sometimes when you can. Yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, but it's not really fair to get Lachlan to mm-hmm. be doing these like long editing sessions when he's got two kids. So, um, we're going to try to figure out a way to make editing easier, to make research a little bit quicker. Um, so it can be more us hanging out and having a good time and less like preparation and
0: yeah, we'll figure uh, out right. editing. Afters. Yeah. The, the so risk we'll, of we'll burnout
1: it. is,
2: is real. If you've got oh, to yeah. give up all your spare time to run.
0: To prepare for the
2: podcast, so yes, yes, it's just to avoid that because we all love doing it.
0: So yeah, we I mean, we don't want to we don't want to work ourselves to the point where we start to hate the podcast. Exactly. Um, and it's our baby. No.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to shake it to death. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll show sure you guys a similar. But this is like, you know, the highlight of my week is talking to you guys, and I really enjoy. Researching and finding out new things, and then mm. releasing episodes and seeing what people think about them and stuff. So, like, if yeah. I if this could be my full time job, that would be my dream job.
2: Oh, absolutely! Um, but Where, obviously, we were getting paid bank for this. This would be fucking. That's sick. right.
0: PayPal.me slash Brad is a bad person. By the way,
1: yeah. It, like for example, if Elon <laughs> if Elon Musk is one of our Californian listeners, because we have a few, <laughs> that's we right. don't know who they are. He could just bankroll us. We'll like Elon. We'll quit our jobs. You just that's make for right. us to make this podcast. We'll mm. do,
0: do that. I'd do this full time for minimum wage. No questions asked. Oh, yeah. I'm,
1: oh, minimum wage. I'd do it for half minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> it <Like, laughs>
0: should be no minimum wage. Well, yeah, that's, that's well, a whole other can of worms we don't want to open right now.
1: We're not going to do an economics episode, are we? Um, Maybe. Not yet. Supply and demand. Um, that's okay. what we're,
0: it's going to be when we come back. It's all economics. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it'll be the economics Talking about, like, quarterly
2: reports and...
0: Yeah, it won't be Brad as a bad Jones. person. It'll be Brad is a bad financial manager.
1: <laughs> it would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but anyway, sorry to start us off on a sad note here. I'm, I'm sure all of our listeners are absolutely <laughs> devastated right now, but...
0: Don't worry, though. We've very- still got a whole episode before we get to the break. You've got from now until the end of this... <laughs> Episode mm. to uh, forget about the fact that we're we're going on temporary hiatus.
1: Yes, and I think my my segment's going to be great. You're going to love it. I'm Brad's pretty confident about his, and Lachlan has been talking about his for a while. So this is going to be a good episode to finish on for a while. So yeah. don't worry about that. All right, I'm I'm going to go first today, and today I'm going to do a biography. Of Ooh, sorts. Okay. In the West, this man is most famous for not appearing in a particular image. The image is one of Joseph Stalin walking along a riverbank. Oh, Stalin yeah. is smiling with one hand in his jacket pocket, the other inside the breast of his jacket. There are three men standing behind him to his right, and depending on the version of the photograph you're looking at, a short man or no one is standing directly to his left. It was a the ghost. short man is the four foot eleven former head of the NKVD, Nikolai Yezhov, who was nicknamed the Bloody Dwarf. <laughs> Obviously he was short, so that takes care of the dwarf part of the nickname. So I will now fill in the rest of his moniker and explain just how bloody
0: this dwarf was. Uh, Sorry, Brad, but the bloody dwarf is a better nickname than La Cucaracha. No, it is not. Much better. <laughs> La Cucaracha. What's the Spanish word for bloody? It'd probably work for you as well, because you're like, what, five, one or something. You're pretty sure. Oh, short.
2: fuck off, you asshole!
0: <laughs> Good God. My entire life. All right.
1: The, <laughs> the NKVD was a Soviet agency originally tasked with regular police work and overseeing the vast prison camp system in the USSR. However, the NKVD took over the operations of the OGPU in 1934 to also become a secret police agency tasked with carrying out all kinds of secret evil stuff
2: mm. wow.
1: The NKVD would be renamed the MGB in 1946 and then renamed again in 1954 to the much more well-known KGB mm. It's the same organization they do I, I've noticed this week a
2: lot of places make transitions it's like well, we sort of fucked up that name and then we
0: just flip it to another one and <laughs> keep, keep the business
2: name. running, yeah. Just, just uh, yeah, rearrange really yeah, the
0: names. Trying layers. to interrupt a paper trail, probably.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nikolai Yezhov got the tap on the shoulder for the head of the NKVD right when Stalin was beginning to ramp up his purging in 1936. Yezhov was picked due to his stellar work in helping to pin a murder on Stalin's political opponents. The infamous trial of the 16 was a particularly outrageous show trial where 16 men were made to confess to ridiculous charges, many of them provably false, such as meeting Leon Trotsky at a Danish hotel that was demolished 15 years before the meeting supposedly (laughs) took place. (laughs) Lair. Yezhov's complete disregard for the truth, justice, and human dignity earned him favour with the dictator. When these 16 men were taken to the basement of the Lubyanka and shot by Vasily Blokin, Stalin wrapped wrapped his hand around this little guy, Yezhov, and said, You done good, kid. You done real good. Mm -hmm. Probably. (laughs) It's time to call you up to the mages. Yes, Yezhov had proven himself a loyal friend of Stalin, the perfect guy to help the great dictator really start purging in earnest. Because the trial of the 16 was just the precursor to Stalin's Great Purge, also known as the Great Terror, where Stalin killed or imprisoned those he perceived as his political enemies. By far the biggest target was the Kulaks, the class enemies, meaning peasants who weren't quite as desperately poor as most other peasants. (laughs) Next, in the literal firing line, were ethnic minorities, mostly Polish people. It was a fucking bleak time across the USSR, but some people who got it good during the Great Purge, actually deserved it.
0: Was there yes, ever right. a time in the USSR that was not bleak? <laughs> <laughs> that's like the number one word that comes up to describe it in my mind. Mm.
1: Yeah, definitely bleak. Uh, yeah, well, when, when um, the famous vampire novelist Ayn Rand um, moved from, <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Russia to America at her going away party... Uh, A man came up to her and said, when you get to America, tell them Russia is a cemetery and we're all dying slowly. Oh, (laughs) good lord. (laughs) So, that was in the 30s, I think, late 30s. It was very succinct. Um, I like that. (laughs) But some people who got it good during the Great Purge actually deserved it. Yes, that's right, communists. (laughs) No one kills communists quite like other communists. It's actually the only redeeming quality of communism, really. (laughs) Kalin fired at least half, and maybe as many as three quarters, of all the politicians in the USSR and all the officers in the Red Army, because he started getting paranoid, thinking that maybe they were trying to overthrow him. Drain the swamp. That's half <laughs> to three quarters. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! Well Can done, you imagine? It, well yeah, done. like if yeah. Trump gets elected and he starts killing people, he's like, "I'm draining the swamp." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> half. Half to three quarters. Like, that's it's fucking outrageous, isn't it? Yeah.
2: That is an, that's next level paranoia.
1: And yet, I'm okay yeah. with it. <laughs> now, <laughs> when I say he fired them, I don't mean that they were unceremoniously stripped of their cushy government jobs and benefits. I mean, they were sent to gulags if they were lucky, or they had a date with Vasily Bloken and his pistol in the basement of the Lubyanka. Ugh. But when you're killing thousands and thousands of political enemies all by one guy in the basement of a government building, it can get a little messy and smelly down there. Mm. There is an upper limit, a ceiling, to the number of people you can shoot in the head per night. And Vasily Blokin is probably the only man in the world (laughs) who ever had a true sense of what that ceiling felt like. Oh, (laughs) Lord. Nikolai Yezhov saw this ceiling as a problem. It's time to raise the roof. Oh, do you reckon he was just like- (laughs) Hang on, I've got an idea, Mister Bloke.
2: Instead of using one gun in one hand, to use two guns in two <laughs> hands, you've just doubled your output.
1: Well, no matter how many people they were killing per night, they needed to kill more. Good we're God! Pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. <laughs> Yezhov had kill quotas to fill after all. Oh, God. Now to be fair, the quotas were set by Yezhov himself, but they were quotas nonetheless. <laughs> so it was a logistics problem. How can we pump these numbers up? Vasily Bloken was a loyal executioner for the NKVD, and being able to shoot people in the basement of the Lubyanka is just so useful to the killing business. Mm-hmm. You take them straight out of the cell, out of their cell, because the ground floor of the Lubyanka was a prison for political enemies, walk them down to the basement and shoot them. Under the cover of darkness, you load up the bodies in a truck and drive them out to a mass grave. It's discreet, it's simple. Yezhov studied the problem for hours. <laughs> I've got it, he cried out gleefully. Yezhov's solution was to build a sloping concrete floor with a drain. Blokin would shoot the prisoner in the base of the skull, and the prison guard would hose down the room quickly before the next prisoner was brought in. Ah. Yezhov bragged to Stalin,
2: I just tripled my productivity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was a huge innovation for the execution business and allowed the NKVD to really up their game during the Great Purge and beyond. In fact, after the Great Purge, in a separate incident in 1940, so this is going to what you said, Lachlan, about oh. how bleak the Soviet Union was, <laughs> yeah. in a separate incident in 1940, Blokin personally shot 7,000 Polish men in less than one month oh by working oh 10 shit. hours per night yeah. and executing, on average,
0: one man every two and a half minutes. Oh. That's, uh, for ten uh for I ten, feel bad ten hours how we were just complaining about how much work the podcast is. Like, this guy is <laughs> fucking, he is grinding.
2: Those kind of numbers would uh,
1: make Hillary Clinton envious. <laughs> <laughs> well, this would not have been possible with a boring standard level floor without a drain. Oh, it it was the good work of Commissar Yezhov, which helped made Blokens dream a reality. Yezhov had the great honour of prosecuting his good old buddy, Genrik Yagoda, in early 1937. Yagoda was the former head of the NKVD who had personally mentored Yezhov. The bloody dwarf, though, felt no remorse as he came up with an elaborate plan plan to frame his predecessor as a German spy. (coughs) He planted evidence by sprinkling mercury on the curtains in Yagoda's office and used that to arrest him. The mercury he said was proof that Yegoda was trying to assassinate both Yezhov and Stalin. After mm-hmm. personally torturing his old mentor, Yezhov managed to get the usual confessions out of him. He was a spy, he was trying to bring capitalism to the Soviet Union, treason, conspiracy, all that good stuff. When Yegoda's apartment was raided, they found a bunch of porn and a dildo. <laughs> This may have been planted there to embarrass him, but most historians think this may actually have just been there. Usually people were discredited with accusations of homosexuality, as we will see later, so making up that charge... Making up the charge that he had a collection of videos and images of naked women certainly wasn't as bad as it could have been if they were trying to fabricate things to embarrass or discredit him. Mm. Anyway, that doesn't matter. What does matter is that Yugoda was executed after another infamous show trial, the trial of the 21. He stayed loyal to Stalin until the end, apparently expecting his friend to swoop in at the last minute to grant him clemency. Oh, no. Instead, he was taken to the basement of the Lubyanka, stripped naked and beaten, before being shot in the head by our good friend Vasily Bloken. Yegoda was not the last member of the NKVD to be killed during the Great Purge. Far from it, actually. Yezhov started purging, that is, executing the appointees of Yegoda, fearing that they would be loyal to their former boss and want revenge. When they were all gone, Yezhov started purging his own appointees, for some reason. <laughs> how ironic that these types of nkvd agents troikas as they were called were being treated in the same way they treated so many others the troikas were nkvd detectives in charge of investigating people and sentencing them either to go to prison camps or to be executed without a public trial so if a troika accused you of something then that was enough you would
0: you Uh, would be executed
1: or sent to the gulags no questions uh, asked no chance to plead your case In the same way, Yezhov purged many of the Troikas, claiming that they they were disloyal or that they were wreckers, the Soviet name for people deliberately trying to undermine Uh the Great Socialist Experiment and causing all of the problems in the Soviet Union. Uh (laughs) Because nothing was ever the fault of the Soviet central planning, only of the wreckers who didn't want communism to succeed. Uh Yezhov and Stalin set arbitrary quotas for arrests and execution. They had developed a taste for purging, and they liked it. They were in the killing business, and in nineteen thirty seven business was booming.
2: Can you set a quota for like arrests and executions. It's, I don't know it's mental it's either like someone committed the crime or they didn't.
0: Ask the uh, New York police Department oh.
1: <laughs> The problem with purging That's real. look it up is the problem with purging though is that you start losing your ability to distinguish between those who are actually disloyal and those who you think might be disloyal. Yezhov wasn't bothered by this, though. He said, and this is a direct quote, there will be some innocent people in this fight against the fascist agents. We are launching a major attack on the enemy. Let there be no resentment if we bump someone with an elbow. Better that ten innocent people should suffer than one spy get away. No. When you chop wood, chips fly.
0: No, that's the opposite of what should happen. It's better one spy get away than ten innocent people suffer.
1: Yeah, isn't that our thing? Jesus that's, Christ. That's, we say in the West, better that a thousand guilty people go free than one innocent person yeah. that's found guilty, whatever it is. Anyway, when you chop wood, chips fly, he said. I guess that's the Russian equivalent of you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelette. Mm. <laughs> but because they
2: were you know, starving and they didn't have eggs or omelettes. Well, they're <laughs> eating wood chips. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they cut down plenty of trees to build cold, grey skyscrapers. <laughs>
1: Uh, The Great Purge mostly occurred in 1937, though it started a bit in 1936 and carried over a bit into 1938, but really, it was just over a year of real hardcore purging. Good God. During this time, over 680,000 people were executed for crimes against the state. And we were upset with Hitler. Good God. (laughs) The That's gulag insane. population Yeah, in one year it's meant yes. the gulag population tripled from about two hundred and thirty thousand people to six hundred and eighty-five thousand people. At least one hundred and forty thousand of these prisoners died from being worked to death. That is, malnutrition, exposure, or exhaustion. Mm. Yeah. So imagine if you're running one of those gulags though, you'd be like, I hey, we don't have room to house all these people yeah. that you keep sending us. We're just gonna have to like
0: Keep working them until oh. they die to make room.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. And they were, you know, obviously in tropical paradises as well. So, you <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. just sling a hammock between two palm trees, bro. <laughs> You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but- it was an amazing effort by Yezhov, and Stalin couldn't have been more proud. But now there's a problem. The purging was starting to wind down, and Stalin didn't want someone who around who was as feared and respected as him. Mm. Yezhov had too much power and esteem. Oh, no. You know, Yezhov was my purging guy, but I'm over that phase now. I need a more diplomatic NKVD leader. (laughs) So, Yezhov was dismissed with full honours, given a generous pension, and lived the remainder of his days in a nice big cottage in the countryside. Really? No, not really. No, not really. Stalin (laughs) Stalin had him arrested, tortured, and executed. Yezhov admitted to being an enemy of the people. He confessed to wrecking, treason, collaboration with German spies, stealing government funds, and hilariously enough, he confessed to just being generally incompetent. (laughs) He also confessed to an embarrassing sexual history of drunken homosexual orgies, a standard charge against people the Soviets wanted to embarrass. Mm. However, it turns out this was actually true. Historians... (laughs) (laughs) Historians have corroborated this charge by examining witness reports and independent examinations of the evidence. So it turns out the bloody dwarf was also a flaming dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's funny that they used to do this to embarrass people. It's like, no, that's actually true. I think uh,
2: his own insecurities were bleeding into those interrogations. Yeah. And he's like, you fag. Mm. You such fag <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. And then, you know, he goes home and he looks in the mirror and he just bursts into tears.
1: Yeah. It's that thing about the, the most homophobic people. Yeah, like exactly. Themselves. Um, during his show trial in nineteen forty, Yezhov claimed that he was innocent, that all his confessions were made under torture well, all of his confessions, except that he did kill 14,000 NKVD agents. <laughs> he said, yes, I killed 14,000 of them, but I was surrounded by enemies of the people. It was oh, the right oh, thing to do. God. 14,000. He killed, he killed 14,000 police officers and said, yeah, I did that. I don't feel bad about it." That's that. fucking insane.
0: But is this guy like the role model for Black Lives Matter?
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like... <laughs> Like his predecessor, Yagoda, Yezhov was loyal to Stalin until the end. He refused to believe that his good old buddy, Jojo, was allowing this to happen, let alone ordering it to happen. He was sent back to his cell during deliberation and was confident he would be found innocent. When he was brought back for sentencing and found guilty, Yezhov fainted. <laughs> <laughs> he knew I wonder I was
0: if there was anyone ever put on trial in the Soviet Union, found innocent. <laughs> like, if, yeah, if you're on trial, show trials, like, that's the thing. If the you're on trial, the definition of a show trial,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. The definition of a show trial is a trial for show because yeah. we already know the verdict I in advance. Trying. Like, there's no there's no way that you're going to be found. No, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, anyway, when he regained his composure, he appealed for clemency, but it was immediately denied. <laughs> <What> <laughs> Two a- days later, shock. he was described. Two days later, he was discreetly taken to the basement of a small NKVD police station and shot either by Ivan Serov, the deputy leader of the NKVD who would one day become the head of the KGB, or by his good old buddy Vasily Blokin. The basement of this NKVD station was modelled after the execution chamber in the Lubyanka that Yezhov had personally designed. Uh, After he was shot, irony. the edge of blood was hosed off the sloping concrete floor and down a drain. It's
0: like 10,000 forks when all you need is a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh,
2: rain on yeah. your wedding day.
1: Fucking Shania Tweeney. <laughs> Uh, The basement of the Lubyanka was specifically avoided because Stalin wanted to keep Yezhov's execution as discreet as possible. From then on, Yezhov was a non-person. He was never spoken of again, and he was famously airbrushed out of the photograph of Stalin on the riverbank that I mentioned at the start of this biography. Mm. This led to another posthumous nickname, the Vanishing Commissar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, that's the story of the guy who disappeared from the photo, that's so mm. crazy how they the they could just disappear someone like you just you kill them, you get rid of all evidence that they ever existed, you write them out of the history books. It's like you gotta wonder if there is other people that we don't know about who that happened to,
1: and they successfully were yeah, able to. But, that's right, yeah, they they
0: mention. successfully disappeared them, and we we don't know that they existed. Mm. Yeah,
1: well, it, I remember when I read 1984 in high school, I was like, it's crazy mm. that they're just like pretending they were always at war with this one country and, you know. Yeah, we've always you know, been at just war change, with Estasia. Yeah, yeah and they change all the records and this person, <laughs> you just delete all mention of him and stuff like that. And I was like, that's pretty crazy. But I didn't really, I didn't know that that was actually like a Soviet yeah, real, yeah. that they were doing. I just thought it was like a crazy thing in a book. Like I didn't realise that, that was no, something 1984
0: is basically a true story. He <laughs> just got well, the yeah, year that's... wrong. It was actually 2020. <laughs> I was <laughs> so <making it's> 1936. <laughs> yeah, 1934,
2: but okay. Uh, uh, I think I could have done it more efficiently. That's all I'm going to say. Is that wow. That oh. jump stuff having a slope floor just so you could clean up blood quicker. How about an yeah. actual slide and have the truck parked at the bottom of the slide? So you shoot the person. <laughs> They slide down the ramp into the back
0: of the truck. There's no removal. There you go. Cut out the slide. Cut out the middleman. Just shoot them in the truck. <laughs> wow.
2: Fact, yeah, but then, then you might damage the truck. Like, you
0: got to have the, the truck. Slide. Take them out to the mass grave and shoot them in.
2: <laughs> Not discreet enough. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're trying to be discreet about it. So, Brad, you, you think you could kill more than 680,000 people in a year?
2: No, I'm saying that I... Oh, well, yeah, actually, yeah. I was going to say... Do wow. <laughs> you think I could kill one of those things? No, I'm saying, yeah, I could do it more
1: efficiently, for sure. Wow, Absolutely.
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Mm. I think you use the chump numbers. I, I rounded down to 680,000, because it was actually... Like, there was actually a specific number, which I thought was really bizarre. It was like 681,962 people, or something like that. And I was like, what? How do we know the actual good records? records. <laughs> yeah, 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 so it must be... Well, actually, level. that's <laughs>
0: the other thing as well. They... Like their records are highly uh what's the word? Very carefully recorded. So uh it's probably meticulous. more like a million people. Uh yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Um like yeah, this stuff all came out when the Soviet Union collapsed that, you know, mm. they got access to all these records and stuff that were under under lock and key and stuff but the i I read about the what Vasily bloken used to do and he would just stand in the room and they would just bring down prisoner after prisoner and they would just confirm their identity and then um get them on the ground and then he would just walk up behind the the back of them and shoot them in the back of the neck and then yeah they would hose the blood and then they'd bring in the next one and that's what they do they just they'd go up to the cell and grab someone out of the cell they would confirm their identity they'd write down their name and then yeah shoot them and well, take Jesus them off. So it was Christ. like two and a half minutes per person for 10 hours a night for 28 days straight. That's how he killed 7,000 people. See, this is what that- I mean. I can make it more efficient. If you've got the slide <laughs>
2: taking him into the truck, <laughs> right, you only have to have the people travel Lachlan's to and like, from cell. So while and he's killing, he's like, confirming and killing them, right? <laughs> the other guys are going up to get
0: the... I could get that down to like a minute, I reckon. <laughs> See, you think he would like... You know, switch it up sometimes, like turn the gun on its side gangster style and that sort of thing, just to keep himself amused.
2: I think the biggest question I have is what if he was going to confirm someone's identity and they're like, oh, no, no, I'm not, you know, Stanislav Bratsovlar
0: or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. shoot him anyway.
2: Yeah, they're going to shoot him anyway. What's the fucking matter? Just (laughs) what's the fucking... It's like
0: how when you're on death row, they get the doctor in to come and make sure that you're healthy and stuff, like you're, you're well enough to be executed.
1: I think it would have just been more that, like, we we need to kill this guy, so let's make sure that we have killed him so we can check the box. Yeah. He's a political opponent, so then, you know, we can say, yes, we've killed him, and we know that we've killed him, and it wasn't some sort of yeah elaborate uh, it's not, switcheroo. It's not we want to make sure there.
0: we killed the guilty person. It's we want to make sure that the guilty person is one of the people we killed. Mm. Yes.
2: Because, yeah, I, I just couldn't picture them being like, oh, my mistake, uh, you know, Mr. <laughs> Tommy slow just off you go. Um, terribly <laughs> awkward. I'm sorry about that. I feel really bad. <laughs> like there's no, they're killing him. Man, anyway. a
0: bus <laughs> fare to get home.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, that's just not what happened.
1: Um, I've been I've been wanting to talk about Vasily Blokin for a while, yeah. and I almost talked about him in the um, serial killer episode, yeah. but it doesn't really fit the theme. Like he's a mass murderer, but he's not like a serial killer in in the sort of way that we think no. about serial killers. So, I didn't do it then. Um, and, yeah, I was thinking of doing it for a wildcat, but I thought, you know, it fits in really nicely here when I talk about uh, yeah, Yejov. And, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. It's fucking crazy. And like and like and they I say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life,
2: so... <laughs> These <laughs> ten hours. Just flew by every night. Yeah. It's like I, I think- wish I could work eleven, but they're not letting me.
0: <laughs> Honestly, you take the most kind-hearted person and force them to do that for a week, and it, it it'd be the same. Like they, you just become completely desensitized. Ugh, <sighs> oh, it's just horrifying.
1: Um. Anyway, that was the Soviet Union, which is <laughs> hell on earth. Yeah. <laughs> and then some, It was fucking. It was the worst. Yeah. It's just terrible. Oh my god, it's just, anytime you read about the Soviet Union, you're just like, I didn't think it could get any worse. You read about (laughs) Holomador, you read about the Great Purge and stuff like that, and you're just like, what the, this is just horrifying. It's such a horrible
0: thing. It did, thankfully, all come crashing down, and uh, maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later on. Oh, fuck.
1: Alright, Brad's gonna go next. What (laughs) do you got for us, Brad? So, this week uh, I wanted to talk about
2: something homegrown and took place right in our backyards, so to speak. Mm. For any of our international listeners or un- uneducated Australians, our secret squirrel CIA equivalent is ASIO or the Australian Security Intelligence <laughs> Organization. What I and probably many Australians are unaware of is ASIS. Or Australian Secret Int- Intelligence Service.
0: Uh-huh. Mm.
2: While similar in name, their function is purely for the collection of foreign intelligence, including both counterintelligence and liaising with intelligence agencies and other countries. ASIO does cover large facets of- facets of this, but is more generalised. And while working with in working in conjunction with ASIS is not above them, but rather a completely separate entity. ASIS was established in 1952 under the utmost secre- secrecy in contrast with its older brother ASIO that had been established in 1949 3 years prior it was so secret squirrel in fact that it remained unknown to most everyone in the government until 1972 some 20 years oh, sure. after its establishment
0: wow. so as i as i understand it it's to to draw a comparison ASIO is like the FBI and ASIS is like the CIA is that a, a good comparison
2: uh, it's I don't know if there's the an exact American comparison you could draw. Okay. ASIO is like the CIA, but AS- ASIS is exclusively spies. That's all they. Yeah, do. Is,
0: that's what the CIA is.
2: Yeah, so but I mean ASIO sort of does that as well, but it also does you know research into like chemical weapons and stuff like that. Like ASIO covers a bit of a okay. broader branch. They okay. both yeah, overlap. Like, there's like, um, some overlap. It's a Venn diagram if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the AFP, the Australian Federal Police, yeah. which is like the FBI. Yeah, I I wouldn't yeah, they don't investigate anything. They're just not like they're not involved in any kind of criminal investigations. They're just purely oh. spies. And counterintelligence okay. and stuff like that. Um Counterintelligence is such a funny phrase. I know. Right? <laughs> It was actually podcast favourite, the Daily Telegraph, that caught wind of ACES and ran an expose (laughs) on them, recruiting out of universities for espionage activities across Asia. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. Kids getting picked up by spy agencies out of university is old hat. And what we need is something bolder, (laughs) more ridiculous, something that screams government, government incompetence. 11 years after ACES was outed by the Daily Telegraph, they would make the fateful decision to run a training exercise in Melbourne that would have large, long-lasting repercussions for the entire oh. branch. Oh, no. Consequences that would pull them into the limelight, which, for anyone who's playing at home, is not where you want to be as a shadow, shadowy government agency and all but <laughs> destroy their credibility the on the international stage. <laughs> the date was the 30th of November, 1973, and the place of this disastrous training exercise was to be the Sheraton Hotel on Spring Street in Melbourne, located right near Parliament House, funnily enough.
0: Mm. ASIS had
2: picked this as the location for they they would run a drill wherein they would practice mock surveillance and hostage rescue of foreign (laughs) intelligence officers. Okay. The 12-man team selected for uh, the the ACES counter-terrorist unit uh, training consisted of four ACES officers six ACES civilian trainees and two army reserve commandos to observe the training from the foyer of the hotel. The plan was simple. All right, you fucking civilian wannabes. We have intelligence to suggest that a foreign defector with intelligence vital to maintaining the sovereignty of the country is being held hostage on the 10th floor. Ascertain where the asset is on site and then move to extract. Don't fuck this up or your kids will grow up in a communist Australia. You dismissed (laughs) maggots.
0: (laughs) The
2: civilian <laughs> trainees had been through an, e- an extensive three-week training course, so you know they were ready to fucking rock and roll. Now the only issue with the <laughs> Aces' training plan was that nobody bothered to inform the staff at the Sheridan Hotel.
0: Oh my! <laughs> oh Jesus!
2: Like at all? Was that not was even that, a was single that courtesy call?
1: Was that intentional? Like you know, to make it as authentic as possible, you don't want the hotel staff to know. Or? I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea. Because if if it you d- if up. you didn't tell them, that's just a like if if your reason was like it would be more authentic, that's just a dick move. That's yeah. just yeah. like where <laughs> Yeah, but um, it sounds like you know they probably should have told him. Yeah, yeah, it's probably. Um, So the big day rolls
2: around for the ACES trainees. Today's the day, boys. We're going to be legit fucking spies after we pull this off. Let's fucking get it. (laughs) Today would not be the day, and they would not pull it off. (laughs) Critically here, it's worth noting that as a way of training intelligence officers, the trainees were given full control to plan how they would access the hostage and how they would make egress after obtaining the hostage. Oh, God. Fuck up number two, I think. The training begins and the six trainees attempt to gain access to the room by speaking to the staff, who naturally ask them who the fuck they are and why the fuck would they <laughs> give them keys to a room that they clearly aren't staying at. <laughs> why do you keep winking at me? <laughs> Fair enough. That's alright boys, fuck these squares. Anything worth doing isn't easy anyway. Our extensive three week training course has prepared, for this, prepared <laughs> us for this. The trainees made their way up to the 10th floor, located the room the mock hostage was currently held in. What now, Steve? How are we going to get in? Firstly, Mr. Pink. No names, you fuckface. And secondly, (laughs) I anticipated this. The trainees had indeed thought of everything, bringing with them a sledgehammer. An honest to God, God. fuck-off full-size sledgehammer, which they set up on the door (laughs) Rust. Now, understandably, this got the attention... Of the other guests, who quickly relayed the situation to hotel staff. Hotel manager Nick Rice was quickly called, Oi Nick, some dickheads upstairs are breaking into a room door. I think they might be the (laughs) wankers who were down here earlier trying to get keys. No worries though, Nick is a man of action. So he quickly jumps in the elevator and heads to the 10th floor. When he arrives, he is greeted by six men in balaclavas smashing the 10th floor door in. The trainees are quick to react, and he is forced back into the elevator at gunpoint. Oh, (laughs) did I mention that the trainees are armed? (laughs) Yes, after their extensive three-week course, Ace is still fit to let them run a training exercise with unsuspecting civilians, armed with four 9mm Browning pistols and two silenced Heckler-Kosh MP5s.
0: Oh, no. Oh Nick God. Rice
2: is escorted by one of the trainees at gunpoint back to the lobby and literally thrown out of the elevator before the trainee, the trainee rides back up to the 10th floor. That's the last we'll hear from that, cocksmoker. Right, boys? <laughs> no, he's going to call the cops. <laughs> Wrong, boys. Nick Rice now <laughs> believes that place. his hotel is being robbed and he's not going to take that shit laying down. So he immediately calls the police and tells them that fellow the carver type <laughs> men armed with guns breaking into the 10th floor hotel room. <laughs> oh, no. But now the trainees are finishing up with the four ACES officers playing mock hostages and guards and are about to make their final egress, egress from the Sheraton
0: Hotel. A job well
2: done and a few frothies back at base for them. Tell
0: me, tell me that the police (laughs) had been tipped off and just been told, hey, if you get a call about people breaking and entering at the Sheraton, it's our training exercise. Like the hotel doesn't know, but... You know, just don't, you don't need to respond to it. It's us. It's fine.
2: That is until the doors of the <laughs> are lifted on the ground floor, and the police are entering the building at that oh, exact no. moment. I can only imagine how comical this must have looked. Cheese it, boys! And <laughs> cheese it, they did, through the hotel's kitchen and into two parked cars in the alleyway. The team split up, and the chase with local police began. Eventually, oh, one God, of the cars was God. stopped, and the occupants were arrested.
1: Wait, wait, wait! Did <laughs> Did they not stop and say, uh (laughs) we're, like, special agents? Like, you're the police? Like, we're not your enemy? Flash the badge. please? The cars
2: were stopped and the occupants were arrested. (laughs) Two ACES officers and three trainees were arrested, all of whom refused to reveal their identification or what they were doing.
1: (laughs) I guess the police would have been like, yeah, we hear that all the time. Yeah, sure, you're cops as well. Yeah, yeah. They would just be like, nah,
2: not funny <laughs> that The ACES staff were released after a few calls were made, but not before they royally pissed off the police with their lack of cooperation. <laughs> mm. <laughs> now I mentioned consequences at the start of this, and I was not kidding. Their little stunt and subsequent media coverage forced the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Bill Hayden, to announce a full investigation into the agency. In nineteen eighty four when the report into ACES was tabled, it surmised that it was poorly planned, poorly supervised and poorly run agency. On May 7th, 1985, Prime Minister Bob Hawke disarmed and effectively castrated ACES as a consequence of its bungled training exercise. They were prohibited from carrying firearms and excluded from carrying out COVID (laughs) actions, whether they be special (laughs) operations or special political actions. The Victoria Police also wanted a piece of the ACES members involved, looking to go after them for the following offences. Possession of firearms without a license, possession of prohibited implements, including machine guns, silencers, and housebreaking tools, aggravated burglary in possession of a firearm, common assault, willful damage to property, possession of a disguise without lawful excuse, and numerous motor vehicle (laughs) offences.
1: Hey, why are you wearing that disguise? You better be going to a (laughs) fucking... You better have a lawful excuse for that. You need a pretty good lawful excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Um...
2: Ultimately the police would drop all charges as there wasn't enough evidence on any one individual to charge them with a specific oh, evidence. No. When all was then done, the Sheridan would receive a three hundred and sixty five thousand dollar four four three hundred and sixty five thousand four hundred dollar payer, and Asus would remain castrated, existing only in a statutory sense until two thousand and four when John Howard would return their former powers, some God nineteen dammit. years after the bank bungled train training exercise.
0: Fucking John Howard fucked this country for what was it, fourteen years? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that son of a, a bitch. bitch. Yeah, so I mean that is that's
2: it. These twelve people just fuck that entire agency. Yep. <laughs> that agency now has a budget <laughs> as big as ASIO itself. So
0: Yeah, of course it does. And these are the people mm. who are supposed to be quote unquote protecting our country. They can't oh. even like None of them thought, oh, maybe we should let someone know we're doing this. Like, yeah. that, that's that. not that something you think of?
2: The, the sheer audacity to be mm. like, we're going to do this and we don't need to inform anyone and it will be fine. Like, They just went and rented a hotel room on the 10th floor, yeah. popped, popped a few guys in there and like, okay, you are going to come in and get us here. And then they're like, okay, we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll bring two MP5s that are silence. Everyone will have balaclavas. Four uh, dudes are going to have nine millimeter pistols and we're just going to fuck and we'll use them against them. Like the moment that that guy opened the the elevator door, Nick Rice stepped out, I would have been like, okay, mm. listen, we've kind of fucked this a bit. We're actually yep. members of, you know, ACES. Um, We're conducting, <laughs> you know, some sort of intelligence <laughs> thing. He might not have believed me, but at least they're like, but they've like banged him in it the tr- face. Tried knocked him back to
0: the situation. Yeah. Yeah.
2: They knocked him back into the elevator. Kept him at gunpoint. Then, when they got the ground floor, just threw him out of the elevator. We were like, Good. "Fuck off, God!" <laughs> Don't call the cops. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part. Is they're like, "Oh, he probably won't say anything, really." Like, <laughs> fucking
1: idiots. <laughs> uh, but literally, I like, like that they're using a sledgehammer, which is you know <laughs> the least subtle way to get into a room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, they anticipated that that wouldn't be a problem either. Like, they're just like, oh, we'll just knock down the door. There'll be no other guests who'll give a shit about this situation. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone will mind their own fucking business while six we'll guys break into
1: it. We'll send them a repair bill
2: afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly what They probably wouldn't have. They, like, the way they're acting, they probably just been like, nah, it's all right. They don't know who did it. Yeah, of course. Of course. I think the miracle is that no one fucking died. Because yeah, the cops man. came in and they were literally, the elevator doors open as the cops were entering the building. Like, they, yeah. they could have been a firefight right there. I think if yeah. it was 2020, there would have been. But the cops 100%. would have just started shooting, yeah.
0: Yep.
2: Ugh, oh, fucking incompetence. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, and, like, this is completely unrelated, but I was looking into a bunch <laughs> of different, um, <laughs> like, uh, spy agencies and, you know, national uh-huh. agencies and stuff like that. And I um, found the Tanzania Intelligence and Security Service. <laughs> and I just want to give them, I just want to read out their entire <laughs> Wikipedia page, which is the Tanzania Intelligence and Security Services is a National Intelligence and Security Agency of Tanzania. And then it has their mobile number listed there, which is... <laughs> <laughs> 0759637877. So, if anyone wants to give the uh the Intelligence and Security Service a, a call, I think that it's great that they're being so transparent and have it on okay. their Wikipedia page, you
0: know? Wow, well, yeah. I mean, if you need to get in touch with them. It's, yeah, 0759637877.
2: All
0: right. Wow. <laughs> Interesting.
2: Yeah, I was like, because, uh, uh, look, my original plan was I was just going to talk about how shit third worlds like, intelligence agencies are and stuff like that, but there's so little on them that I couldn't make it into a full segment, but when I saw that Tanzania oh, that's what one, they want. I laughed yeah, so Very hard. little
0: information. They're doing their job well.
2: but then they're not. They're just, like, killing everyone who opposes
1: them, so there's no stories about it. It's kind of sad. <laughs> Fred, Fred, great! Fred, Fred formed a conscience. He's like, I don't want to make fun of the third world this week. No, I wanted to. That's the problem. I just couldn't find enough information. Uh, yeah, it would all just be like, um, yeah, killing people and mm, smuggling yeah. uh, uh, aid money and stuff like that.
0: Mm.
1: Like <laughs> I making was, sure it doesn't get to the people who need it. I was looking into, I think it was
2: the Tajikistan their security thing. Yeah. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it is now off the top of my head. But I did find this report that went into a whole bunch of things that they'd done. And I was like, this is just sad. It's like reporters who got, you know, said some anti-government sentiment and they ended up in prison for 24 years and they were like being interviewed mm-hmm. by like human rights organizations. And they're like, yeah, they charged me with all these bullshit things like possessing pornography and stuff like that. Now I've got 24 years of
0: life and, Wait, oh, that's just sad. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah, I think when it's like a super corrupt, blatantly super corrupt yeah. country like that, it's not. Uh, it's not really funny. No, no, it was. It was just sad. It's just sad. Yeah,
2: but this one was. This one was funny. When I saw this, I actually yeah, laughed absolutely hell I was like, "This is this is great." Just so fucking incompetent. Yep. <laughs>
1: As they <Yeah>.
0: all are.
1: <laughs> that's classic. I was. I was wondering if it was going to be. That sort of uh, trope that you see in uh, movies, where like the FBI shows up and they're like, "We're taking over this. (laughs) So like, when the when the like fucking spies came down on the elevator and saw the police there, like, police, local police, (laughs) we don't answer to them; they answer to us.
2: They just didn't give a fuck. They just took off out through the kitchen into the alleyway into two waiting cars, (laughs) and then when one of them got fucking pulled over, they were like. We ain't saying nothing. Go suck a lemon. <laughs> like, why would you fucking tell him? Like you're a lips. And some sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know nothing about nothing. Um <laughs> They were probably like oh, this is probably part of the uh the training here. Like if the local police Yeah, wow. Well, you know.
0: That's a good point, actually. You ever,
1: mm. Can't say that you're a uh a spa. <laughs> oh,
2: it's so fucking stupid, like there's a point where you go, okay. I'm not actually on a mission here. I'm, you know, on Australian soil doing training. Like, I think I can say, yeah, okay. This is my name, and this is who I work for. Maybe give give the boss a bell. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're a bunch of dickheads in a car with an MP5 and pistols, that's just screwing right. around. Like, oh, fucking fools.
0: Which is a much bigger <laughs> deal in Australia that that is in America.
2: Yeah, yeah. For any of our American listeners, yeah. that's fucking. That's hardcore. Like I reckon, now you'd go to jail for a long time for that shit. Yup.
1: All right, that was uh, that was lots of fun, Brad. Thanks, <laughs> uh, Lachlan. Do you wanna you wanna tell us yours next? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm
0: looking forward right. to this. So, do you guys know the German heavy metal band The Scorpions?
1: No, Ramstein, Yeah.
0: Here I am. Oh yeah. How about now? Yeah. That's that is the Scorpions, a very successful German heavy metal band, internationally successful. Mm, I love uh, Do the as
2: well. But,
0: <laughs> the Scorpions have another very famous song, among the best-selling singles of all time. Oh really? And is considered mm. by many to be the soundtrack to the end of the Cold War. Mm.
1: Follow the Mosqua down to Gonkey Park, listening to the wind of change.
0: Yeah, Where's my water? <laughs>
1: August,
0: summer night, So that is, uh the scorpions wind of change wind of change uh, Sounds which like freedom i'm sure you have heard before yeah heard it before i yeah. didn't know the name or the band but that's yeah. right no not many people do apparently um now speak to people who lived in east germany in the late 80s and they will tell you that this song spread hope behind the iron curtain and was a legitimate influence in the fall of the berlin wall mm. but now you're probably thinking sure That's a nice idea, but it has nothing to do with the topic of this episode. One, you're an idiot. Two, let's take a step backwards for a second. (laughs) This might come as a shock, but the CIA has done some really terrible shit and still continues to do really terrible shit to this day.
2: Definitely your favorite agency, Lachlan. You were always talking about how much you love them.
0: Regular listeners might have realised by now that I'm pretty vocal about this. I'll take any chance I can to tell people about how they interfere in international politics, they arm terrorists, traffic drugs, kill sitting heads of state, experiment on US citizens, all that insidious shit that they do. It is so offensive to me that any organisation can operate outside the law with absolutely no consequences, and I feel like the best thing I can do to fight that sort of thing is to raise awareness. They're not the only organization like this, of course, but there seems to be more information available on the terrible things that the CIA have done than Mossad and other clandestine groups.
1: Well, it's not just the the fact that they've, well, it is the fact that they've done all this, <laughs> but it's that they're held in such high regard by the American people mm. or anyone else. Like, they're beyond reproach. You can't criticize no, you the can't CIA because then you're right. be being anti-American and, oh, you're being crazy. Yeah, sure, the KGB does stuff like that, but the CIA wouldn't do stuff like that. The CIA,
0: like, if anything, is worse than the KGB, and I think it's uh, as well because- people don't think they're doing this horrible shit that people expect it from the KGB <laughs> yeah
1: you'd you'd want to hold the american one to a higher standard and yeah the, the fact that people just will just not want to talk to you if you say that the CIA has done evil stuff they're yes. just like oh no you're being a conspiracy yeah, theorist i wouldn't it's do like, that these are the- <laughs>
0: it's documented what do you mean <laughs> that's what i I'm going to get off track here, but I have arguments with my mum about shit that government agencies do all the time. And she's always like, no, no, they wouldn't do that. That's a conspiracy theory. And I say to her exactly that. This is documented stuff. Like, it's not some weird shit I read on the internet. This is information they have released to the public. So if that's what they've released, imagine the shit they haven't released. Mm. Like, imagine the shit they keep keeping secret.
2: Uh, You know, sometimes you just got to get your hands covered in shit to get shit done. got to crack a few eggs yeah exactly you (laughs) gotta kill 600,000 odd people in the basement of a police station (laughs) just to get your job done you know
0: anyway I spend a lot of time online researching this stuff Now, during this whole coronavirus, COVID, Kung Flu thing, I've been working from my parents' house because I can't get any work done with my kids at home. So, a lot of stuff I've searched for about the CIA has come from their internet connection. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of months ago, I was chasing a theory that the CIA wrote the song Wind of Change for the Scorpions as Western propaganda. (laughs) In an attempt to encourage the fall of the Berlin Wall. This in particular isn't inherently bad, but it just further highlights the CIA's reach and the shady ways they operate. There's actually some very compelling evidence that backs this up, and I'd recommend uh, anyone who's listening that's interested, check out a podcast series called Wind of Change. I think it's, uh might be Spotify exclusive. Um, the guy who made it, Patrick Radden Keefe, goes into way more detail than I ever could here but it is very interesting and very compelling.
1: Ooh. Well this this is something that we didn't talk about with the North Korea episode but the um the, the reason the well part of the reason the Soviet Union collapsed was not because of like these high American ideals of like freedom and liberty and things like that it was because of like the trashy culture, like Coca-Cola and denim jeans and McDonald's and stuff. And it was like when the first McDonald's opened up behind the Iron Curtain, that's what all the Hungarians rushed to and they wanted to eat the McDonald's because that's like decadent Western capitalist, you know, trashy culture. It wasn't like, you know, they were reading Thomas Paine or Benjamin Franklin or, you know, Mm. Milton Friedman. Like they were about, you know, this really just like base culture sort of stuff and that's what's going on uh, in uh, North Korea uh, uh, at the moment. Like there there are these organizations in South Korea that are dropping USB thumb drives into North Korea and yep. what they put on them is trashy Korean music yep. and trashy Korean dramas because they want them to watch the soap operas and things yep. like that and listen to the, the music and think, Oh, this is fun. Are you yep. saying
2: that we could save North Korea if we just opened a franchise of who does
0: it? <laughs> Well, maybe, yeah. You could save anyone <laughs> by opening a for <laughs> <Yeah, boy. laughs> But it is that sort of culture that is uh, yeah, really it's, undermining. Yeah, it's, it's the too. rock and roll music, that sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah, I get you say. Yeah, those those damn gems. kids with their rock and roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I no, I'm just saying, I would believe that that the CIA was like, yeah, this is a good way like yeah. to spread... American music and stuff throughout the Soviet Union. Yeah, and and the, American star the
0: Scorpions were a German band, so they were easier to get into East Germany than an American band would have been. Oh, I understand, yeah. 100%, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, around the same time, my brother, who lives with my parents, put a guitar amp up for sale on Facebook. Almost immediately, he was contacted by this guy who wanted to buy it. He said he preferred mm. to talk on the phone than on Messenger, and asked for my brother's phone number. I don't know if this mm. is of any relevance, but my brother said the guy used way too many emojis, like he was trying too hard to uh, <laughs> talk like a like a normal person would talk on Messenger. Mm. <laughs>
2: I think I see where you're going here. So this
0: guy rang my brother to organize a time to come pick up the amp, which was fine, but he kept calling back throughout the week just to chat, asking my brother a lot of questions about his life. My brother thought it was weird, but he really wanted to sell this amp, so he just went along with it. Then, (laughs) the following weekend, this guy shows up at my parents' house to buy the amp heavy German accent, and claims he's one of the original members of the Scorpions. <laughs> Keep in mind-
1: what is We live
0: in Australia. My parents' house is an hour away from the nearest major city in a rural town that doesn't even have a post office. And this German guy, who says he was a member of one of the most internationally successful metal bands of all time, a band that I've just spent two weeks investigating and their ties to the CIA from this house, has driven out here to buy a used guitar amp that was posted on Facebook. Lucky day. Now, I wasn't there at the time. I'm only there for work during the week, but my brother showed me the Facebook profile this guy contacted him from. The only result on Google for his name is his Facebook. So, it's obviously a fake name, but I found photos of everyone who has ever been a member of the Scorpions, going back to when they were just high school kids playing together in Germany, and he doesn't look like any of them. (laughs) As I see it, there are only two possibilities here. Either this is the most insanely uncanny coincidence that has ever happened, or- the CIA sent a spook to my parents' house as a warning. I don't know why they would come for me specifically. I'm sure there are a ton of people mouthing the CIA online all over the world. The only thing I can think is that I must be close to something. that they don't want getting out and they're trying to get me to back off. But I'm not going to. I'm going to keep digging. If I die in mysterious circumstances, then you know I was onto something. And if I do find anything, I'll spread it as far and wide as I can.
2: When you commit suicide by smashing <laughs> yourself in the back of the head with a guitar <laughs> twice, um, I'll know what happened. Okay, to-
0: That's right. That's right. You guys mm-hmm. have to uh, continue my search.
1: <laughs> this is so bizarre. Do you this think is the- a true story. This I didn't make this
2: up. No, I think you just had a schizophrenic try and buy a fucking amp (laughs) off
1: your brother. No, I I I hate to say it, but the fact that those two things could be unrelated is just the probability of that is so low. I
0: know Morgs, you are more suspicious of coincidence than anyone else I know. So I knew I knew you'd be on my side here.
1: It's fucking bizarre. Do you think? All right, I'm gonna indulge you for a second. Here. And <laughs> the rest of this okay. conversation here, the rest of this conversation here is going to be me assuming that it's not a coincidence. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that I think it's not a coincidence. <laughs> I'm just saying that in order to have this conversation without me prefacing every single mm-hmm. sentence, I'm going to talk as if you know they are linked. So, yep. do you think this guy thought that um, your brother? Was the one doing yeah, the research. I and think that so. he was trying to spook him. Yes.
0: Because obviously I don't live there. There's no record of me living there. There's no record of me working there. Um, uh, so they'd just see it coming from this IP address. So yeah. they would have to assume, I imagine, that it's someone in that house. Mm. And it would make
1: sense that it was like a young male in
0: that yeah, house. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. Interesting.
2: Okay, so if you're saying it's a CIA <laughs> spook, are you- is him claiming to be one of the original members of uh The Scorpions. The Scorpions is that like a thinly veiled threat to allude yeah, to the Yeah, that's you've been that's the message. In? That that's yeah.
0: that's him saying, "Hey, I'm here. I know what you're doing." Yeah. You know, because it, to me to me it sounds like I know that you've been looking me. Yeah, up yeah. exactly. My my pr- that you've been
1: looking up The Scorpions and my proof of that is I'm going to say, "Hey, wink wink. I know this band The Scorpions and I was part of it." So you know, you've been looking them yeah. up. And he, quick, quick.
0: according to, because my mum was there as well, according to her, he brought it up just completely out of nowhere that he was in the Scorpions. Like, it just happened to happened And to he mention- hadn't brought it up on all these long phone calls during no, the week? Had not mentioned it beforehand.
2: What did your brother say to him when he said that? Like, oh, okay, cool, or-
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: No reaction from him? Let's see.
0: He didn't know who the Scorpions were. He does, I don't think he's old enough. I don't think we're old enough to know who the Scorpions were. I didn't know who they were until um, I started learning about this this theory. Mm. Um, but he looked definitely them up afterwards.
2: Those, yeah, those two songs, definitely heard them.
0: Oh, yeah, for
2: sure. So he told you, like, oh, cool, this guy showed up, or was he,
0: like, told you no, because... He not didn't, he didn't think anything of it. My mum mm. told me about it. <laughs> and...
1: Just imagine you when your mum was like, oh, this German
0: guy from the Scorpions was over today and you were I like- lost my fucking mind. It was a Monday morning and I, I tried to <laughs> ring my brother straight away because he was at work. He wasn't quarantining. I, I tried to ring him and he didn't answer. He texted me. He was like, what's going on? I'm at work. And I texted him back. I said, can you fucking tell me next time there is a CIA asset in the kitchen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you,
2: Wait, you le- they let him in the house?
1: Yeah, he
0: oh, came into the
1: kitchen.
2: Uh, you,
1: can't yeah, to there, get the end. you can't go back again. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go back. Did he? Did he plant something in the house? Like that? I,
0: I lost my mind. I thought somehow my mum had like heard, overheard the podcast I'd been listening to or something, and was just like trying yeah, trying to, trying to trick me or something. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> my brain fucking exploded when she told me that. It's, it, it's such a coincidence. And it wasn't like I'd just been looking at general CIA stuff those couple of weeks. It was specifically that connection. The You need to
2: run the house over for listening devices now. Well,
0: I tell you what, since we've gone back into stage three lockdown, I got the fuck out of there. I've been back at my house since then.
2: Wow. Well, I mean, Daniel's on the chopping block as well. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Yeah, they and probably don't suspect you. Though. No, well, I mean, once this comes out, they will, because I'm sure that they monitor this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's too much of a coincidence. It's that is an insane coincidence. Crazy. I'll what give are you the that. odds? The odds, the odds of that guy being a CIA agent are higher than this whole thing being a coincidence.
2: You know what? I- <laughs> I actually don't think he's I would have
1: a, to I'd have to admit that, yeah. Answer.
2: I don't think he's a CIA agent. What I think he is is actually it's like a interagency collaboration. He's probably ASIO or ACES. And they well, said, Hey, we need you to check out this guy. He
0: did he did here's another weird coincidence. My mum does actually speak German. Um so I can confirm that he was a German speaker. Yeah, so I was going to say
1: heavy German accent. How do you know he wasn't, you know, like I don't know. Nah, I used to be
2: in the Scorpions. Yeah, I
0: can't do German, but you know, (laughs) ah, it's just generic Euro trash. Yeah, (laughs) the Germans have such harsh accents. He did actually speak German, so I don't know whether the CIA are recruiting Germans to actors. Well, I mean, they recruited a German metal band to fucking bring down the Berlin Wall. So, why wouldn't they recruit a German to come and fucking try and my, scare me? My into- question
1: to you is, you find out that the CIA actually planned like, it wrote this song for the Scorpions, got yeah. them to do it, But You figured that out. Why doesn't the CIA? <laughs> why is the CIA angry at you and want to silence you instead of saying, "Yeah, we did that. How amazing was it that we did that? Isn't that so great that we did that?" Maybe like, why wouldn't they be shouting it from the rooftops? Well, Maybe yeah, this is he this wants is to recruit. I,
0: mm-hmm. I, I would love mm-hmm. to take credit and say I was the one to figure out that connection. I wasn't, but you know, I spent a lot of time looking into it. Um, this is the thing, though that that. That to them, that for them is a good story. And um, there's a movie about a similar thing um, with Ben Affleck. Um, Argo I mean, is yeah. about is about a similar thing. Is about the CIA mm. using um, a film production as as propaganda, and that's yeah, that a, a true story. As true well. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't think it is this scorpions thing specifically. It's got to be something else, but they were using Do you that you think that
1: was their way yeah, yeah that, that was their way of saying we know that you're looking into us yeah
0: that was that was the most subtle way they could you know get a message across and and claim you know still have plausible deniability that they're not trying to intimidate me
1: Hmm. so
0: very Fair
1: it's just such a crazy coincidence it is a crazy coincidence yeah, it is. when when you were um Describing how the guy was messaging your brother on yeah. Facebook with the emojis, I just started thinking about that South Park episode where the um, the alien guy comes to South Park and he looks like a normal person, but he keeps describing thing as, things as human. And he keeps yeah. saying like, "Oh, I really like this <laughs> human lunchbox. <laughs> this is a really nice human yeah. bicycle." <laughs> yeah. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, that's bizarre yeah i am sure you got your brother to show you all the messages that
0: they sent between each other no, on the no phone, he, did, he, he, he. he didn't show me he didn't show me the messages um but yeah, he showed me his facebook profile um and it's oh well
1: don't you want to see the messages what, what was the how did this guy originally make contact with your brother? Uh, it was it on, tug. It like was on to facebook play. messenger yeah, yeah, but I mean, like how did he write it like Hello, I see you're selling a Facebook uh, an amp on Facebook. Oh, Why did say something, you know, little, you know, like the rooftops in Saint <laughs> <St>. Petersburg <laughs> are full of snow this time of year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the blue jay flies hardest before the dawn, or
1: something like that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> some sort of bullshit code. He yeah. turned
1: that into a Batman quote at the end there, but yeah. <laughs> night is (laughs) dark (laughs) as. I'm actually an asset
2: planted by Christopher Nolan
0: Uh, yeah so if I uh, if I wasn't already in trouble for 3D printing a gun I'm definitely in trouble now
1: don't say it out loud god (laughs) Uh. Um, I would just like to say that I also uh, have been looking into the CIA but I'm gonna stop so (laughs) it's all good (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I have
1: looked into them and found nothing interesting, so I'm going to stop.
0: Yeah, you guys remember a couple of months ago I sent you a message saying, if I die, it was the CIA.
1: I specifically remember you sending us that message, yes, and then when you said that you wanted our last episode for a while to be on spy agencies and I got something interesting, I was like, all right, well, what's going to Oh, God. (laughs) What's luck on dying over
2: here? Fantastic. That is a great story, and I'm glad that you... Your brother was able to sell that ant to a schizophrenic who's definitely not going to smash someone's one's head in with it. Yeah. wow. Well,
0: the guy offered him an extra 50 bucks for it as well. So. Oh, that's weird. That yeah. is weird.
2: Now I'm so definitely an asset. Because schizophrenics <laughs> yeah, are still money. good with money. Yeah. Like.
1: <laughs> fucking. That's brutal. bizarre. Yeah. Overpaying somebody? I don't know. Do you know where he lived? Did he. Is he local? Or did he. He said. he say he was local? He there?
0: said he was from Melbourne. And he drove all the way to, to, um, yeah, to, to buy a cheap guitar amp. Which is an hour away. Yeah. Depending on where in Melbourne you live, it could be an hour and a half or
1: two hours. Yeah, it could be two hours. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. For a cheap amp, which you could
2: probably get on eBay for like the same price.
1: Cash converters. Cashies,
2: yeah. Fuck. Deutschmark
0: converters. Dude, I'm surprised you're not dead. (laughs) Deutschmark. I'm surprised my brother's not dead, to be honest. He was probably in like a fucking full leather duster and shit like that about,
1: you
0: know, he, he German was, guys. He was wearing leather pants and, like, a black t-shirt, apparently. He had, like, the, <laughs> the wristbands with the studs on him and stuff. Mum <laughs> <laughs> said he was dressed like a real, like, heavy metal rocker dude, which just makes me think that, you know, he's just gone, all right, how do I dress like I'm a... A heavy metal rocket But if
1: he's claiming to be in the Scorpions, he must be like sixty years old or something, right?
0: Yeah, he would have been thereabouts. And he's dressed like that still at yep. that age. Yep. Oh my god. Mm.
1: Now you said he he kept calling your brother during the week and asking him questions about his life. Did your brother did he ever message your brother afterwards and want to still hang no, out and be no, friends? And no stop? contact
0: afterwards. <sighs> mm. Did weird. you get
1: his phone number? No. I or was didn't. it all done on oh, can I have his phone number? <laughs>
0: I'll see if I can get it for you. Thank
1: you. <laughs> or, I don't know. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Like, the 1% of me that thinks it's possible is just like, maybe I shouldn't get that number. <laughs>
2: if you rang that number now, I'd probably redirect to, like, CIA. The Tanzanian fucking yeah. thing that you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Langley fools.
2: <laughs> oh, God. That's fucking insane.
1: All right. Very interesting. Mm. Mm. Creepy as fuck, mate. And yeah. Yep. It's all toller, me. Yeah. Good story. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, isn't it funny that this is our last episode for a while, and we started this podcast by doing 10 straight episodes on conspiracy theories, and now <laughs> look
0: <long-lasting> at <laughs> Now I'm embroiled in a conspiracy theory.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, brilliant. If this was our last episode ever, that would be a fitting end. But hopefully it won't be. Um, Brad, do you want to take us out with uh, Brad's Power Rankings? I'd be honoured. Brad's Power
2: Rankings. Alright. So, this week, top five enhanced interrogation techniques. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I thought it was it was fitting. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, starting at five, working way right number one. Standard format that we've uh, come to know and love. And uh,
1: five is it like in order of the most interesting or the most painful, or you know? I think the most effective, I guess. Oh, okay. Oh, best for extracting information. Yeah, and humiliating. I guess. Oh no. <laughs> Which is the real goal? Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's
2: really. <laughs> Um, so anyway, number five, sexual humiliation, oh, aka Jesus Christ. butt stuff. <laughs> okay. My God. <laughs> I get it. Brad, how's getting things shoved up your ass not higher on the list? Listen, all of these enhanced incarnation techniques suck. I'm going to just throw that out. But I feel like after getting your pipes plumbed, at least you get to go back <laughs> to your luxurious room and quiet cell. <laughs> And cry yourself to sleep. (laughs) Number four. Some some
0: people (laughs) might enjoy that,
2: Brad. Hypothermia, being cold sucks. Being wet and cold sucks. Hillary Clinton's cock. The (laughs) technique here is to drop the temperature in a cell to between five and ten degrees Celsius, and then potentially. uh, And sorry, and then periodically splash the (laughs) interrogee. Interrogee. Person who's getting interrogated with cold water. Some people enjoy butt stuff, but no one fucking enjoys this. (laughs) Number three. That sucks. Stress positions. If you're listening to this and not driving, just stand up and do this for me. Get on the balls of your toes and then lower yourself until your thighs are running parallel with the ground. I think I've made my point. Number two. Sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sleep deprivation through constant noise Or periodic noise has to be one of the worst Fucking things I could imagine Now I hear you again But the arsehole's stretching I get it, I get it <laughs> Being awake is okay until it's not anymore Then everything fucking sucks Just existing yeah. is miserable when you haven't slept And I hate to keep harping on about it But some people like butt stuff And no one likes being <laughs> woken up <laughs> And number one. Oh god fucking damn <laughs>
1: <laughs> no context
2: the ancient Indian epic, Mahabharata, is the longest poem ever <laughs> written with 200,000 verses and 1.8 million words. It was orally oh. transmitted for centuries before some genius finally had the bright idea to write it down 2,500 years ago. It would a take a
0: long time to orally transmit. Yeah,
2: and to remember... And wow, to yeah. repeat and keep to write the fucking thing down. But <laughs> Anyway, I thought you'd forgotten about that and to launch it right as I was doing number one. <laughs> and then half let me get the fucking thing out. It's just, it's just a shit show. Thank you for that.
1: <laughs> what a jack.
2: Number one, waterboarding. Or as I like to call it, old reliable. <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't think you can go wrong with waterboarding. It has so many upsides. There's no real risk of drowning. It can be administered time and time again. It doesn't kill someone, so it's not a one and done. And, and that, surviving it, adds to the psychological torment. The only thing worse than being waterboarded the first time is the second time. Also, it's so fucking easy to do. You just need a cloth and water. Like, everyone has that shit laying around. I could go waterboard every person in my house right now if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> not going to, but just saying I could. <laughs> it is the perfect enhanced interrogation technique.
0: I love how yeah. waterboarding is definitely horrific, but there's so many people who are like, oh, it's not that bad, and like volunteer to get waterboarded to oh. prove that it's not that bad. And every single one of them comes out the other side like, yeah, it's pretty bad.
2: It's pretty bad. <laughs> like, I watched this video where this guy's like, yeah, I can handle it, I can handle it. 15 seconds. Wow. And I was just like, good God. And, like, you know, you've ever had, like, if you use, like, a washcloth or something like that and you get that, like, Mm -hmm. stuck on your face for a second, and it's like, (laughs) like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's not fun. I'm not calling people a bitch for tapping out. It is fun. I would just taking off
0: a wet T-shirt sucks.
2: Mm.
0: You know, over your face.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's not fun. And that's
2: without the additional water that gets in there when they pour it on you. That's right. It's just not a fun thing.
1: You're right about it being a good technique as well, Brad, because you mentioned, like, sleep sleep deprivation and stuff, but that can really mess with someone's mind, mm. so then you might not be getting the right information mm-hmm. out of them, whereas, like, with waterboarding or something else like that, it's just, like, presumably it doesn't warp their perception of reality like sleep deprivation would or... Mm you know, other sorts of... The other ones
2: just have too much maintenance as well. Like, stress positions, you've got to have someone (laughs) there to actively beat someone to keep them in the position. Um, Hypothermia, you've got to keep going and getting more water to throw on them and you've got to have a whole cell and it's Mm. like a whole big fuckery. And then, you know, like, the the butt stuff. Like, you've got to... Someone's still got to shove something up someone's (laughs) ass and that's just not a pleasant (laughs) thing to do. You know.
0: Listen, we're not here to kink shame.
2: Yeah, we're not here to kink shame but, like, if it's your job... (laughs) It's not fun,
0: right? I don't know. I think it'd get like that uh what's his name? Vladimir Vasily Bloken, who uh, you know, <laughs> just killing three hundred people a day. It just like bloke ten. <laughs> You'd no, become okay. <laughs> desensitized to jamming big painful stuff up people's buffs. No, buff.
1: you wouldn't. I don't but think there's liked- anything that can prepare you for that. I like it there, Brad, how except for number five maybe, but you you talked about things that are actually used as interrogation techniques yeah. rather than just saying like, Oh, the worst one is getting your fingernails ripped out with pliers or something. Like which obviously is terrible and that's a form of torture, but you know, you're talking about the things that are actually done to people to get them to yeah. try yeah. to it's not torture, torture. it's, it's torture. an
2: enhanced interrogation technique. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just want to make a clear distinction there. This is to get information, not to hurt.
0: I would. There is nothing I would not tell someone if they like were going to rip my fingernails out. Honestly, <laughs> no. But since I tell the, them. The issue with I that tell is them they Whatever only they get, want to. Be-
2: they can only do it ten times, and then it's over. <laughs> Twenty, like true facts. Think about it. They can waterboard you an unlimited amount of
0: times. Brad, they would not even need to do it once to get whatever information they wanted out of it. They would just have, if they clamped the pliers onto my fingernails, they are
2: giving it. the CIA <laughs> everything they need oh, right shit. now. Don't give them <laughs> ideas. Say, that wouldn't bother me at all. You know what? No, Because then they're going to do it. They're going to go, No, Because oh, they're going to be guy. like, Psh, this guy. Well, I just have to go to waterboarding, and I feel like you would enjoy waterboarding as much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's my power rankings there, and I put a lot
1: of a lot of thought into those. I think oh, that's good. Oh, good mm. on you, Brad. Appreciate the effort. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, Lockton, you want to take us out? Yeah, uh,
0: that was good. That was fun. Uh, very interesting, and. Entertaining episode, I thought, and uh, mm. three well,
1: very different segments as well. I think it was very interesting that we each went totally different with it. Yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I think we've done very well, and I think we've done very well uh, just in general thus far. Um, you know, with with podcast that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, as as Morg said earlier, this is our last episode for a little while. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in some form at some point um stay tuned on our social media for news on that but until then um you know just go back and listen again just start from the start listen to our episodes again just yeah. continuously until we release probably i
2: um, would say maybe skip the first 20 well. I'm being real. I mean... We've come a long you know, way, trust me. Unless you want to started, see how far cults. we've come, then go back... Flat Earth Mary was Earth. pretty funny. Look, it's all pretty funny, but just And we don't want people missing
0: out on you explaining what a time vampire is, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just a normal vampire. <laughs> um, anyway... Whoa! Hot takes. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, in the meantime, while you're waiting for any new episodes, please... Get your friends into it, get them hyped, get them excited for us to come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will talk to you soonish.
1: What the fuck is that? That's it, we're well done. Peace. Uh-